Yeah, I mean, this is an NPR. We have fun with it. People all over are downloading us. That's we good. need to learn some Australian jokes. Just say heaps. Oh, it was heaps better. Heaps better. I'll tell you what, guys. I love Fosters. Australian. That's not, a, that's not an Australian beer. They don't even have Fosters in Australia. Psych. What I meant to say was I love kangaroos. Say you're going to name your kid Joey because you love the name Joey and you think it's cute. <laughs> Welcome to the Bitcoin Podcast. This show is intended for information purposes only, but we're not experts. We're just two guys within the Bitcoin community. Bitcoin is an experiment in the separation of money and state. You'll be surprised how many will support that. And adoption is the only thing that matters. Welcome to another episode of the Bitcoin Podcast. I am your first host, Marcello. And I am host number two, D. Once again, this is Corey. And uh, some good things are happening this week. Uh, we've organized an online public and free Q&A on the website. So this is everyone's opportunity to ask us how we can do a better job communicating with them about Bitcoin and our individual Bitcoin products. Uh, we're launching a newsletter soon. So if you've been on, on this journey with us, we have big things in the pipeline. And uh, also, if you didn't listen to our last episode, uh, please do and check out the documentary Bitcoin and the Money over at Vimeo. And if you're a listener of this podcast, use uh, Crypto20 as the promo code to get 20% off. So on today's episode, we have former Forbes columnist Perry Ann Boring. Uh, she is the president of the Chamber of Digital Commerce and by far our most attractive guest. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, per usual, let's just talk about some, uh, some hot-button topics. Uh, so today, uh, at the time of recording, <laughs> Overstock CEO Patrick Byrne, who's also going to be on uh, the podcast later this month, uh, discussed his company's crypto initiatives. I don't know if you guys heard this, but he launched like a new website. Um, I don't know if you guys saw the presentation. I didn't see it, but uh, I heard it was a little bit too techy for the, for the normal Bitcoiner to understand. Uh, and this is all pretty recent, so if you guys don't, haven't heard it, I'd understand, but it's pretty big news right now. I um, Go ahead, Corey. What website is this? Uh, it's T0... Dot com and as Dimitrik explains to me, um, was it like T three? Yes. Um. Typically, when you trade a security or a bond or something like that on the stock market, it takes three days for it to clear. It takes three days to go from one entity's lawyers and spreadsheets to another entity's lawyers and spreadsheets. But now, using the beauty of mathematics, no longer does it take three days. It takes 10 minutes. Hit the applause sound effects, Cello. <laughs> Does that That's get you excited? I'll have back there. That's a really good sound effect you'll have over there. Yeah. Oh, man. We paid top dollar for that. That's real life sound effects. That sounded so real life. <laughs> Wait. First, I want to retro apologize to Foresta and Sarah Boone Martin. You're like... Perry Ann, most attractive guests ever of all time. We just dumped on our other guests. I mean, you could be attractive in more ways than just physical looks. Okay, let's not get too far <laughs> off the topic of Bitcoin. Marcello's going to lose right the audience this it. time, and it's going to be women. Yeah, you're going to lose our entire female audience. <laughs> They're gone. Oh, well, speaking of Foresta, by the way, she... Um, if you go back to our episode, she had a really big initiative about uh, you know employing women and empowering women... Uh, Demetra informed me that her campaign was successful, so congratulations. Yes, it was. Cue those sound effects again. Now all we need is uh, studio laughter. <laughs> we'll be good to go. So, but let's talk about this T zero thing. Cello, could you if could you not could you if could you please read to us like some of the descriptions of it and let's try and do some. Uh, yeah, I hate to read it, but it's just like it's so new. Like the website just launched, so I think this is the best way to kind of describe to people. Uh, so the invention of 
this protected distributed ledgers ushers a true crypto revolution, which is a term that he's been using like crazy. It applies the security and efficiency of this new technology to the world of finance, making transactions more equitable, transparent, and access to all market participants. So what this means is that all the technologies are built upon decentralized uh, protected ledgers, which anyone can access and inspect. And it ensures fairness to the entire market without regard for the size or their location. So this is just a global invention that benefits everybody. Sounds really interesting. I need to dig into this. I have not, I have not seen this yet. The key word that I liked was um, ledger agnostic which is interesting, which to me seems like it could be like some sort of layer, like blockchain layer built on the Bitcoin blockchain. I don't know. Maybe I should dig oh, in. No, it's, 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 tools, it's tools to dig into the blockchain. Like the blockchain is this giant ledger of public information about yeah. all transactions that happen on the network. And as Bitcoin grows, all those transactions encompass all of humanity's interaction, you know, transactions or essentially it's a microcosm of whatever percentage of transactions that's happening in the world. So it's, you can use it and you can analyze it in these different tools because it's, it's public information. So you can use computational tools to analyze what's going on inside of it and really see what's going on. And that's, that's pretty exciting for me because as a computational scientist, I really enjoy data analysis and data mining. And this, the blockchain as an entity is, a, is this, gold mine for people like me who want to just dig out useful information from this giant sea of data. So let's come up with an analogy. There's a sea of data. He just built this. Is it a buoy or a lighthouse? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know enough about it to really to make a good analogy. I need to learn more about it before I speak on it. I think it's phenomenal. I think it's going to lead to some interesting things. I was talking about with Cello before I, before we started the show about how much overhead there is in the market right now. That whole T3, that's three days worth of lawyers lawyering and accountants accounting that you don't need anymore. So if anything, wouldn't that make the cost of entry to the market go down? and more and more people can invest. Yeah. That's I think I think uh he's teamed up with people to where uh typically transactions could only be made available to large hedge funds, now everyone can do it. So you you're right. Mm. Well, it's it's, it's definitely mm. riding with a the theme of Bitcoin because it's 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 giving financial services to people who are under who who don't have these services or underfinanced. And you can become your own bank. You don't need to worry about someone else doing it for you. You can take care of these advanced technical economic things that, you know, people that common people who have no idea if they want to learn, they can do these things as opposed to leaving that to someone else. And I'm really excited about this possible transition to a new era of allowing people to do whatever they want and not having to rely on someone else to do it for them. Yeah, things are gonna get things are gonna get fun. I think we had Puerto Rico defaulted two days ago. Oh, really? I didn't hear about yeah, that. Man, they defaulted on I think it was either Friday or Saturday. But Puerto Rico, the very first uh, United States, what are those places called? Not states, but um, territories. Yeah, territories. The very first one defaulted. With us, so Puerto Rico owes me money. I'm gonna go to Puerto Rico and say, "Y'all owe me money." As you as you cross, uh, go into it in the airport. (laughs) Where's the local Puerto Rican official? Uh, I need to collect my paycheck, please. (laughs) As soon as I get off the plane, yes, I need to speak to the president of Puerto Rico (laughs) because he owes me money. I believe. No. But yeah, they defaulted, and I think that's going to keep happening and happening, and then more and more global GDP gets gobbled up by good old Bitcoin. Yeah, gobbledy gobbledy. <laughs> well, speaking of uh, the global adoption, do you guys hear about Australia? Yep. Um, 
I think I saw it today. I glanced and it was like, Australia's going to be the best place on earth for Bitcoin. And I was like, wow, that's a neat headline. And then I kept on with my day. <laughs> uh, it's kind of funny. Cause, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, they're just pushing uh, to recognize Bitcoin as regular currency. So, yeah, it's, kind, it's, kind of, it's kind of funny. My uh, so I, I lately my uh, track record of getting people to adopt to Bitcoin and buy things with it, or at least invest in putting a little bit of their money in Bitcoin and playing around with it and learning about the technology has gotten way better. And as these people, my friends, have started learning more and more they become my news sources because they get so entrenched and crazy about learning everything there is to know. Like, hey, did you see that thing that came out five seconds ago? Um, <laughs> I don't have to really look for information anymore. I can just wait for someone to tell me about it, and then I can learn about it through them. So I'm excited that my friends are excited, and they become my little minions for technology. It's very cool, isn't it? I had... I've had a couple people, actually more than a couple, I've had several ask me recently, hey, like people I haven't spoken to in, I don't know, since high school, which is a really long time, or not, nobody knows how old I am, but anyways, people I haven't spoken to since high school are asking me like, hey, how do I get my hands on some Bitcoin? And I'm like, well, it's actually easy. Go to my website and find out. Self-plug. But um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I think if anybody's listening right now that is evangelistic like myself, just keep plugging away and plugging away. And the longer Bitcoin's here and the longer it sustains its uh, value, people are going to get into it. Useful. It's, it's exciting. It's, 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 as, long as, it, as long as it stays useful. And it's yeah. going to stay useful. So there's no reason to, it's, it's not going to go away. I finally got my family interested in it, which is like the biggest hurdle of all time. Because family, my family is like, like, go ahead. Yeah, my, same for me. My family's like, ah, whatever, son. You keep doing that weird stuff you always do. Yep. But now <laughs> they're like, hey, man, just, just show us how to buy Bitcoin. I'm like, oh, it's not like I haven't showed you the past three years or anything. But yeah, I'll go ahead and show you. <laughs> I'll show you how to do it. So. <laughs> yeah, Corey, your brother is actually like retweeting and favoriting all of our tweets. Yeah, he's into it, man. He's he's been. He watched the documentary. He's gonna. He wants to be on the podcast to to be like the noob, and so you can walk <laughs> him through some things and talk to him and get a perspective of someone who has made that recent transition, who doesn't, who has questions that we don't think about because we've been thinking about it for so long. Can we? get it in writing that we can refer to him as the noob like that's his I'm sure. personality on the show i'm sure he doesn't care. <laughs> he's, he's just our our, our go-to noob <laughs> oh man so many big things happen in bitcoin all the time it's hard to like talk about one thing didn't well, patrick Byrne? is it Byrne or byron uh let's just say the ceo of overstock didn't he do something with a crypto bond like a five million dollar crypto bond was purchased through the fny you know let's not talk about things we haven't researched he's i want to know he, how long he's crazy go ahead i don't know how long it's going to take before everything stops having the name crypto or coin in it it, it just starts to have regular names because it's the normal technology. Any new that any new business that comes out, or any new technology or new platform or whatever comes out, it's always like crypto this or you know X coin or you know something like that. And it's you know how like become- rappers call money dough. Like w- when this becomes like mass adopted, what will rappers call Bitcoin? Dough. Will they call it dough? <laughs> no evolution in the slang. No, the slang won't evolve. I got it was, that digital dough. Get that digi dough. Digi dough. It's <laughs> a Pokemon, isn't it? A uh, Pokemon. Digi dough. All I know is cryptography is a dangerous word because it kind of sounds like crypt, and that's a gang. So we need to change. We need to change. Nope. We need to change nope. the nomenclature. <laughs> that's funny. No, it wasn't. Well, you already have blood bad jokes. Oh, so you need some crypto money. 
Yeah, that's true. Oh, I know something else that happened. All the diamonds in the world are going to be recorded on the blockchain, which was a big deal. It kind of flew under the radar. But what that means is now we can verify if people are using double diamonds or not. So is that still an issue? It's still very much an issue. Uh, I'm dumb. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm I thought it ended with that Leonardo DiCaprio movie, and okay, oh, that's what actually made it made it more mainstream. You want to see a jeweler sweat? Look at some jewelry for about forty minutes, and then ask him if they're blood diamonds. I do it. I've done it twice, actually. What, like at Azales? Yep, yep. <laughs> at Zales. blood diamonds. I did it at Zales, and I did it. Oh, because it's hilarious. It Why are is. you looking at jewelry for 40 minutes and then asking? <laughs> That's the punchline. Like, this, this, this is his normal Saturday. This is what D gets up and thinks about doing. I have a, I'm going to go to Zales today. Now I'm going to just, I'm going to fuck with the, with the, with the salesman. <laughs> I've only done it twice. But it's not like it happens. I've only done it twice. You've done it more than once, which makes it way more than you should. <laughs> well, the thing is, is like when you're in the mall, right? And you get hit up at the kiosks or the Zales and stuff. And sometimes you find yourself looking for jewelry. And so, oh, I remember exactly what it was now. It was Christmas time. I was helping my pops pick out earrings for my moms. And so I decided to do some jewelry shopping myself. And at the end of that 40 minutes of him telling me about the diamonds, I asked him if they were blood diamonds. And man, see a grown man sweat. That's not in the manual. They don't know how to react to that question. Oh, no. He took it like a G. He was like, oh, no. These are not blood diamonds. These are the finest diamonds from wherever the wherever. And I was like, okay. You I should you should that. ask the Habib, though, that has the kiosks. That sells all the fake uh, Jesus pieces. Oh, my God. He'll probably, like, <laughs> he'll probably ban me from his store. And I did not call him a Habib. Sorry. Yeah, I you think did. we just yeah, lost all of <laughs> Yeah, you did. Damn it. All we yeah, do is offend did. people every week. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry to no, all of our... Equal yeah. opportunity of offenders. It's fine. Yeah. If anything, we should get props for offending everyone. There we go. No like, one is off limits. Don't not worry, guys. Mike Tyson. You get, you're next. <laughs> oh. Not Mike Tyson? I see where you're going. Yeah. Uh, did you know that he can turn your cash into Bitcoin in under 20 seconds? That's Bitcoin. crazy. Wait, before we go into this, let's let's get uh, Perry Ann in here. This is going to be a lot. Uh, okay, so Mike Tyson is such a big... We're just going to make fun of him for like 20 minutes. So let's, get in, let's do the interview first. Absolutely. I want him to fight me so I can then sue him. <laughs> All right. Let's get uh, Miss Perry Ann Boring. Let's say some more stuff about her. She is... Not stuff that's going to get us sued, man. Like very good. Smart. At, at, oh, my God. Bitcoin talk. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. Let's get into that interview. Jeez, man. <laughs> so, I guess the first question I ask you is uh, about Greece... Uh, Greece is everybody thinks Greece is kind of affecting the price, affecting the Bitcoin community as a whole. And uh, do you think that the debt crisis involving Greece uh, has, has piqued people's interest in Bitcoin uh, that weren't interested otherwise? I just returned this week from uh, a Bretton Woods a workshop at the Bretton Woods conference. Uh, a group called Consumers Research put together a really fantastic. Uh, workshop. They brought in about 15 to 20 uh, professionals working in the blockchain space. Uh, and we met at the same facility where the Bretton Woods Agreement was signed. And uh, it certainly we are in a, a pivotal moment of monetary policy. And Greece is not the only country facing monetary issues. Uh, transaction volume has increased uh, a little bit out of Europe. Uh, uh, but uh, another uh, another place as well would be in China. Uh, you know, we saw two weeks ago their stock market uh, collapsed thirty percent. And I had the opportunity to also meet with uh, Bobby Lee. I spoke with him briefly when I was at the Bitcoin conference in Chicago last week, and he said transaction volume was up quite a bit. 
uh, in China as well. And look, when we see monetary systems uh, facing all sorts of issues that, that, that you see when you have the central type of planning, it makes the conversation for Bitcoin and blockchain-based technologies more relevant. And Greece is certainly an example of that. But there is a handful of other countries uh, who are also uh, you know, facing very similar issues. We're currently on a global fiat experiment. Uh, this is unsustainable. The United States uh, debt is over $16 trillion. That's over $30,000 per American uh, in debt and just in government debt. Uh, there's no way this can, this can uh, keep up this way. And I, I truly believe during my lifetime, there will be a global economic uh, and monetary restructuring. Uh, and certainly uh, this technology is, uh, is at the forefront of everyone's thoughts of how it's going to play out. Very true, very true. I, so, this kind of financial collapse that happened in in um, Greece, that's poised to happen in other places. Do you feel like Bitcoin could actually propose like some sort of parallel economy or parallel currency um, that people could use uh, in in situations like Greece specifically? Yeah, and, and I don't think it's helpful uh, for for the industry for anyone to say. Uh, that we're trying to overthrow government currencies. That's just not a helpful debate to have or, or a helpful argument. There's always going to be a place for gov- for government-issued currencies. Uh, but, however, uh, at times, uh, these types of currencies have issues, and consumers should have a choice um, how they use and store what they use for money. Uh, and having a global type of technology, uh, like blockchain-based technologies, is a great alternative. Um, I also had the opportunity uh, not too long ago uh, to meet with um, the Campaign for Liberty. Uh, that is the organization that was founded by a former congressman, uh, Ron Paul. Uh, and if you've ever followed Ron Paul, you know, he ran for president a couple of times. Uh, he's a, a big advocate of the gold standard. He's always been a gold bug. Uh, but he's also a supporter of Bitcoin, which is kind of interesting because he he has this you know, over you know decade long history of supporting the gold standard. What is why would someone like that be interested in in, in Bitcoin? Uh, and and according to the campaign for liberty, in my talks with them, uh, it's about having an alternative, uh, and people should be able to choose. And another issue that he's also been very passionate about is, is competing currencies, um, allowing for multiple types of currencies to thrive. Uh, and so um, a big piece of that is the way you tax other types of items such as gold and silver um, or even digital assets like Bitcoin. Those are some issues that he fought for when he was working in Congress. Um, you know, but, but certainly having an alternative. So when there is economic turmoil, there is some other place for people to go to use money and they're not just stuck like in Greece. You know, they've had to close pharmacies because people can't access their bank and they can't even get basic things like medications right now. But they had an alternative way to, to pay for things. Uh, you wouldn't see you know, a country in complete turmoil right now. Absolutely. It definitely. It, it, does, it does help to have options, especially in times like now, what's going on, so much uncertainty. Um, but... So here, particularly at the Bitcoin podcast, we stress mass adoption. We think that that pretty much is the key to success of any technology. I mean, you can have this grand technology, and if nobody's using it, then it's basically just going to collect dust. So in your experience working with Bitcoin, what do you think are the main hurdles to that, to mass adoption, to people just using it and understanding it? Yeah, I think there's a couple options. I mean, are a couple issues. One is that it's very early days. We're we're in what year six, and uh, these products aren't necessarily extremely consumer ready at this point. We're still building the basic infrastructure. We're still figuring out, uh, you know, how exchanges are putting together wallet companies. We don't even have consumer protections or consumers' basic guidelines for consumers at this point. Uh, so it's really early days. I think one is going to be just a matter of time. Uh, there's a few things that are getting in the way, though. 
uh, one would be uh, the regulatory landscape. The, the regulatory uh, environment is not as clear as mud. Um, it, it's very confusing if you want to set up <laughs> a digital currency company. Uh, our, with uh, the organization uh, that I'm working with, the Chamber of Digital Commerce, our mission is, is helping build the, the legal and regulatory landscape for the future of this industry. Um, and and, and and uh, it is extremely difficult. For example, here, I'm not sure, are you guys in the U.S.? Yes, yes. Yeah, uh, if, if you're an ish, uh, a company uh, um, that is engaged in money transmission, so you know, all the exchanges have to deal with this. Uh, you have to be licensed on the federal and on the state level. So what does that mean? Well, one, you have to register with FinCEN, that's the, the federal regulator for, for money laundering. Uh, and then you have to register in every single state, not that you are that you uh, are based in or that you have an office in or that you have employees in, every single state that you have customers in. Well, when you think of something like Bitcoin, uh, you don't see state lines. <laughs> this, this, when, when Bitcoin travels, it does not see state lines. Uh, so literally, these companies are having to go to every single state and apply for uh, various licenses. And this is exactly what the bit license um, argument in New York was about. New York was the first state to put together their regulatory proposal. But uh, these companies are having to go to every single state and apply for a license. The state regulators, uh, you know, a lot of them are not, uh, they, they don't have their their guidelines together. They're not, they're, you know, they're still trying to figure out what Bitcoin is, let alone grant a license for somebody to operate a business and money transmission uh, with digital assets in their, in, in their state. Uh, and this is extremely expensive to do. Uh, and in fact, it's actually impossible because there's not one company uh, in the entire Bitcoin ecosystem that has made it through the state regulatory process. Not one has a license in every single state or an exemption. A uh, state can also say we exempt you and you don't have to have a license. Uh, but no one's actually made it through this entire process. Uh, so in order to have a basic piece of infrastructure necessary for the ecosystem to survive, we need exchanges. And exchanges have to go through the licensing process and they can't get through it. Uh, so that's a huge barrier to adoption. And then the other piece uh, is, is certainly the perception issues the industry faces. We've gotten just tons of terrible press. Uh, and this is really where I uh, decided to take, drink the juice and, and take a leap and, and uh, spend my time full-time working in the Bitcoin ecosystem. I was working in media uh, as a financial reporter, uh, working for, uh, I was writing for Forbes, uh, and I uh, was covering Bitcoin, and um, and I, you know, you'd see these scandals like Milk Ox and Liberty Reserve and Silk Road, and uh, journalists have um, you know, every incentive to uh, make an article as interesting as possible so more people click on it or to get more views if it's a video on YouTube. Um, and so people have taken some of these stories and made them not 100% accurate, uh, and uh, there's been a lot of misinformation, a lot of communic- a lot of miscommunication at the expense of Bitcoin's reputation. Uh, and and I'll tell you, the majority of people, their first, you know, first impression is everything. Yeah. And most people's first impression is this is drug money, or this is this is for terrorist financing. <laughs> uh, and as ridiculous as it sounds to me and you, because we we. Um, you, you and I, you know, live and breathe and, and love this stuff, and, and so we can see that you know past that initial hurdle. Um, but for the average person, that's really difficult. I mean, think about a think about a brain surgeon. These are smart people, yeah. uh, and, and, and you know, and, and Bitcoin certainly has huge opportunities for the medical community. I mean, think of what block, you know, uh, blockchain enabled electronic health records. And, and how um, you know, the benefits I could bring to the medical community. The medical community should be all over that. But a brain surgeon who you know works twelve-hour shifts or more doesn't have time to go through these media headlines and decipher. They certainly have the capability to do that. Um, yeah. But we've got to make this easier for the average person to understand. Are people working in different areas of the economy to understand why it would be relevant to them? So, you know, so, so regulation and reputation are the biggest hurdles to adoption. We started this show to help with the 
the reputation part. So we're gonna we've been definitely trying to get the word out and changing that uh, environment. Uh, at least my friends know now that I'm not a drug dealer. So that's good. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I first came to D.C. Uh, and I, I was working on Capitol Hill. I worked for a member of the U.S. House of Representatives. And uh, and then I went into the media. And then I decided I was going to put everything I was doing and, and start my own Bitcoin uh, organization. Um, and so my, my friends uh, in government are like, you're working for Bitcoin. They're like, are you selling drugs? I'm like, no. <laughs> like, come on. What's really going on at those Bitcoin meetups? I'm like, no, no. I'm kidding. But, uh, but absolutely, it, it, uh, we've got to overcome you know, those types of issues. And uh, yeah, there's tons of legitimate players that are recognizing the potential of this. And, and, and we can just keep pushing through it. I like that. I'm going to definitely try and highlight those legitimate players <laughs> noticing the benefits. And speaking of benefits, it's kind of cool that you use that word is that uh, you have such a tough regulatory landscape to overcome when it comes to this it's like a technology it's money and investment it's so many things it's got multiple folds um, I guess value but what do you think are some hidden potential benefits of Bitcoin as the technology uh, that many would know about that could have a direct effect on strengthening our economic trajectory even of you know America or some other places uh, moving forward. So when people ask what is Bitcoin, people ask me what, what is Bitcoin, what is blockchain. Uh, mm-hmm. I like to say you know we, we don't know. We actually don't know uh, because it's too early to tell. And uh, think think about the early days of the internet. Mm-hmm. You know the first app for the internet was email. Internet is a, a a system to transfer information. So the easiest thing to transmit on this interconnected set of tubes was uh, was just a, a quick message. Um, you can send an email instantly over the internet for free, uh, and, and that was the first thing we kind of figured out. But in, think about what internet conferences or internet podcasts were like, uh, you know, in the early days. People are talking about, well, what is the internet? Like, it's this interconnected set of tubes where you can send things. Like, well, what can you send? It's like, well, you can send a message. Like, well, I have a postal service. Why do I need that? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, so now we're in this really early time frame of another transfer system. And, and this is a, a, value, a transfer system for, for anything of value. So the internet was for information. This is the next step. This is for value. And uh, you can use this for anything. Uh, but the first app is currency. So the, the easiest thing that was uh, to figure out how to use the blockchain for was just uh, you know, Bitcoin as a currency. So these are the first applications that we're seeing, but it's still early days. And you can use this to transfer literally anything of value. So I alluded earlier, electronic health records. I think the medical community could significantly benefit from the encryption technology and blockchain. But you can use it for a land titling service. Nobel, uh, uh, Nobel uh, Prize winning economist Fernando de Soto has been quoted saying that he's, and his life's work uh, has been in, 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 in lands, uh, how to put the land to work in an economy. And he believes that blockchain is the technology that could, that could uh, issue land tiling services in areas around the world where they don't have these you know, basic pieces of infrastructure that we take for granted here. Uh, but uh, the opportunities for blockchain technology is absolutely vast. I don't think there's an industry that it doesn't touch. The financial service industry is starting to wake up to it, but uh, there's many other areas of the economy uh, that, that could be completely transformed and revolutionized because of it. Absolutely. It's just a very transformative, very disruptive technology. And um, like it's just consumed me, myself, and I could speak for my other co-hosts that aren't with me. But yeah, Well, I've been... I've been debating with the idea, is it evolutionary or is it revolutionary? And uh, I think, well, I think it's both because, you know, go back to um, the, the example of the Internet. That it's a way to transfer information. But even after 20 years of engineers um, and uh, experimenting with this interconnected set of tubes, uh, the most difficult thing to, to send is, is money or anything of value. Uh, 
um, credit cards were first created in the 1950s. This is, I mean, you know, decades before the internet was even invented. Uh, and that's, you know, greatly what we're using in e-commerce today. Uh, that magnetic strip on top of your credit card, that's the same thing that's in a cassette tape. Why are we using that today? I mean, we don't use cassette tapes anymore. Why are we using that for money? It makes no sense. Uh, but it's, it's a big reason why there's, you know, billions of dollars and hacks because uh, the credit card technology was really never meant for the Internet. It just was the only thing available at the time. Uh, and, and so that's why I say it's evolutionary. Uh, blockchain is, is certainly an evolution of the Internet. We got the information piece down. The next step would be value. Um, but uh, digital currency technology is not new. They, the first uh, digital currencies came about in, in the early uh, 1990s. Um, but Bitcoin was the first decentralized peer-to-peer tech, uh, digital currency. It really was a, a big leap in digital currency um, innovation uh, because this is for the first time you don't need that third-party intermediary. And that's what makes it more safe and efficient than some of these other options we've had before. Uh, and that's why it's also revolutionary because for the first, first time you don't need that third party, uh, which, which uh, completely vertically integrates uh, the transaction system. So, uh, you know, again, I keep using the example of credit cards, but uh, by the time, and when I was on the Hill, I worked on the, the Durban Amendment, so I was lobbied on this, and it was drilled in my head over and over again. Uh, but it's a great example. So when you uh, swipe your credit card at whatever merchant store you're at, there's at least nine steps that have to happen before uh, the company gets paid. Because your bank and their bank have to talk to each other. So there's steps from interchange, uh, foreign exchange, settlement, clearing. Uh, you know, there's about nine, nine or more steps that happen in that process. And every step along the way, there's fees and inefficiencies and holds and potentials for fraud. And there's all sorts of issues that can happen in those nine steps. Bitcoin integrates that into one quick and easy step. Uh, and that's what makes it revolutionary. It's amazing tech. And... I think there's middlemen everywhere just shaking in their boots. It just cuts them right out. And I think so many businesses have been built on the the middleman business model that <laughs> it, they're really going to be shaking in their boots. But um, so some lighthearted questions now. Let's talk about as a currency, as a as a money. Um, do you spend Bitcoin? I do. In fact, uh, um, the Chamber is a nonprofit organization, and uh, some of our donations, actually a, a, a good chunk of our donations, come in uh, in Bitcoin. So um, uh, we're paid in Bitcoin. Our employees are, are paid at least a portion in Bitcoin. Uh, I, I've lived a significant uh, portion of the last year on Bitcoin, uh, and, and every time I use Bitcoin, uh, I love it even more because it makes me appreciate the technology, especially when I have to go back to the old system and write someone a check, or I have to actually physically walk into a bank to uh, to do something. When you learn, you know how, or when you experience uh, the efficiencies of using Bitcoin, having to go back to the old traditional banking system is like, you know, you know I'd rather spring my head into the wall because because uh, I, I know there's a better way to do it, and I'm still being forced to use the antiquated system. So uh, I certainly encourage anyone who who has not used Bitcoin. Um, I'm happy to donate some Satoshis to anyone who wants to have their first experience with Bitcoin. Um, <laughs> within reason, I don't know. Hopefully, I don't get a million emails after this. But, um, but you know, and ChangeShip is a great way. Uh, the company ChangeShip that does the tipping uh, mechanism with Facebook and Twitter. They've really got this great idea down. Um, you know, potentially a lot of people's first Bitcoin will be through this ChangeShip app. Um, but when you use Bitcoin, you see how easy it is and how efficient it is, and it makes a lot of sense. Uh, and it, it does bring more people. You know, it takes people out of that that, that first stage at which we were talking about earlier. The first, um, the first experience with Bitcoin, and there's some weird stuff in the media. About, you know, so so if you've had a bad experience with Bitcoin or you've read something weird about it and you think it's kind of scary, just try it. Give it a try. And uh, and just and just experience the efficiency of the technology, and you know, and then you know, I think you'll have a better experience that way. Absolutely, I think um, the first time I spent it, I was just amazed at how quick it was done. That I did. So you're like, that's it. Over. 
Did it yeah. work? I, You're like calling your friends. Did you get it? And they're like, yeah, I got it. It's like, it was like the coolest future moment for me i was riding in the car as a passenger and needed to book a hotel and i needed to do it quick so i turned my phone into a hotspot and pulled out my laptop and booked the hotel on i think cheapair.com using bitcoin and it took maybe i don't know three minutes and like three minutes was basically me you know turning on my laptop waiting for it to boot up and things like that, and then just click, click, and done. And I was really shocked at how easy it was. So, mm-hmm. well, I guess just one more question: in ten words or less, could you describe Bitcoin for our listeners? I would describe Bitcoin in, in ten words or less. Ten words or less. Uh, it, it's a a value transfer system or magical internet money. <laughs> I got six words in there. So. Value system, magical internet money. Good. Six words. It counts. It counts. Well, thank you, Miss Morning. Thank you very much uh, for stopping by. Well, good luck. I uh, like what you guys are doing, and thanks for having me. Thank you very much. Have a good day. Okay. All right, guys. That was Perry and Boring with the Chamber of Digital Commerce. D holding it down by himself for the interview. That's right. It was a solo interview, um, and I held it down, just like Corey said. Um, she's very, very, very informative. Uh, she she gave us a lot of insight about regulations and just how cloudy uh, the regulatory space can be because the U.S. is huge, and there's 50 different states, 50 different legality Zones, I'm making up stuff. Sounds good. Uh, but, yeah, she has a tough job. But if you want to know what she does, go to Chamber of Digital Commerce. Google that. And look into it. Now we're going to talk about what we were going to get started talking about before the interview. And that is, um, what's his nickname from the 80s? Iron? Iron yeah. Mike Tyson. Now, uh, when I brought this up, you had a very interesting point of view is it is he retired and bored and he's just coming up with ways to make money um does he understand the mainstream media's understanding of bitcoin and he's trying to solve a problem or is nope. he genuinely interested in bitcoin um let's take this strictly from a physics standpoint Corey, can you have my back on this one sure all right so if you're in the boxing ring getting punched by somebody who weighs in and around 250 pounds, maybe. Big dude. Really big dude. Is that the equivalent of full-on sprinting into a brick wall? It's really close. <laughs> Sweet. That was a good guess. So, we're just going to say Mike Tyson maybe or maybe not scrambled his scrambled his brains a little bit in the old boxing ring. Just guessing. Either way, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to say Mike Tyson's dumb. Mike Tyson's a smart you dude. You said he it. Made I dumb. didn't say that. No, he's a smart dude. He's made a ridiculous life outside of boxing as a personality because of his boxing career, but he's kept it going. A lot of, a lot of people can't do that. But True. I'm not going to reach and say that that dude has understood fully the protocol of Bitcoin. He, he gets not. approached by so many people for so many things to put his name on it because he's, he's Mike Tyson, and everyone knows that. He had a video game after him, and everyone's played that video game, and it was awesome. Mike so, Tyson's punch out. Yeah, so it's it's a it's it's a publicity stunt. But why him I mean, though? I mean, like why? why like, not I understand him? if you put his name on a video game, but that's like putting Pee Wee Herman, like Pee Wee Herman's Bitcoin ATM. How's no, that? Well, that just makes you you think he's gonna fiddle with your penis. Uh, that <laughs> interesting. That's an interesting take on Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> Dude's a pervert. The man has done his time. <laughs> Come on, let's move on. Mike Tyson is fast. He, and it was that was the point. It's like you're gonna you're gonna get your money fast because Mike Tyson will knock you out fast or some yep. some dumb shit like that. that doesn't matter. But knock out that transaction and it, give you your cash. Right now, in, in the hipster community, like this this like you know like twenty to thirty four year old guy. It, it's it's fun to do things like this where 
it's like pop culture is fun and you know crypto cryptocurrency is cool right this ain't your daddy's money it's (laughs) okay oh i think it's more like it's trying (laughs) it's trying to appeal to that type of person in my opinion it's just like no shit use the mike tyson atm that's pretty funny i got money from it and i got a free liquid tattoo i could put on my face and and it's okay and then if they do that first and they realize that bitcoin's kind of cool and it works and they can use their money if it, if it get, if it brings people into the space of Bitcoin, then it's worth it. Who cares how they do it? That's instantaneous trademarking, by the way. When you get your receipt with your transaction, you get a face tattoo that you can put on your face. I don't think Mike Tyson will like that. I don't think we'll uh, go for that. If I, Based if on I, his movies, which are documentaries in real time, he did not like it when uh, What's-His-Face from Hangover got a tattoo. So I don't, I'm not going to get behind that in case he's listening. Oh. I mean, like, if, if I ask someone, how'd you get introduced into Bitcoin? And they say, because of Mike Tyson. That's the first answer <laughs> you, you want to hear that story. You want to hear that story. I think you're right, Corey. It's one of those random things that finally got to his desk. And the reason that supports that is that um, it's a 50-50 uh, business venture. So he's going to get 50% of the proceeds. And whoever came up with the ingenious idea uh, is also going to get 50% of the proceeds and I hope everyone in the audience noticed my tone of sarcasm when I said ingenious so yeah George Foreman made grills so it might work Paul Wall George Foreman actually invented a category of uh, tabletop appliances called indoor grills, my friend. Whoa. That's Ooh. right. So I wonder if, like, what like money Mayweather is going to do when he retires. Is he going to come out with barbecue sauce? Or? But, Corey, I heard you say it. Say it. I heard you say it. Beat women. He's going to come out with a, with a line of wife beater t-shirts. They should have Mayweather's punch out. <laughs> no, let's not go there. We're gonna get heck of serious. Jesus. Yeah, let's golly. What's wrong with all of us tonight? I don't know, man. It's I don't late. Know. Is that, could that be <laughs> Okay, uh I do have a, a very contrasting uh, bit of news. So we we reviewed the documentary, uh, but now there's this new book called The Law of Bitcoin. And the reason why he wrote it is he says that there is a great interest and need for a text focused on the law of cryptocurrencies, especially Bitcoin. Is there a need for like physical books in a digital money space? Yes. Really? So you, you're interested in this? I am yes, pro I books. Get it and I will read it. I have mastering Bitcoin. I'm not a computer programmer, so I can only read the first, I don't know, eight pages. But I have it. No. I don't know, man. I'm I'm a guy that likes to collect books. I have all the books I had all through all through college, and I maintain and I'll always have them. And I've always liked hardback books, even though I never read them. Is it the feeling uh, of like turning the pages? But, but when you're when you're when you're studying something, and you're really studying and getting down to the like the brass tacks and trying to understand things, having a book in front of you that you can re- you can reference and write into and and look at while you're writing other things down is incredibly useful as opposed to looking at a single page on a, a PDF that's it's it's getting easier to annotate and to change things but it's not nearly as easy as just having a book in front of you that you can you can reference and i i personally like things like that so when i'm trying to get down and dirty with learning something then i want i want a book in front of me and that may just be because that's what i've done my entire life in academia you know what? I had another genius idea, an invention oh, similar to the rolling solar farms, but do we have time? Yeah, go for it. This is nothing about Bitcoin. We we got off topic of Bitcoin a lot, I think. That's fine. Uh, segue your way back Google. to it if you okay. can. Okay, we're just going to do this one really quick. Specified reading glasses like Google Glasses that are really, really smart and wicked, and you could read a hard book, and while you're reading the hard book, like Google search stuff with your special glasses on like a digital Kindle pad right next to it. So you could like look at a word, you know, take a picture with your eyes or something and then like get an image of the thing 
and boom, reading special smart reading glasses. Is that oh, the name for it? Super smart reading glasses. Super smart reading glasses is the official name of the invention. <laughs> and it takes away from the idea of trying to focus on a single thing. It's just well, it's that's like an ebook, but it, not an ebook. It's like a traditional book with ebook technology. Yes, it's the mending of the two times. Eh, I don't like I don't like things that that force you to multitask when you're trying to focus on a single task. If you're trying to pour all, all of yourself into something. If you have this device that constantly takes your attention away from what you're doing, you're never going to learn what you're trying to do. Rebuttal. Okay. Well, that would be a useless invention. I see that now. <laughs> <laughs> That's just my, my take. So, Corey, how, how often do you get, as you put it, down and dirty with learning? Brass and tacks. <laughs> all, the, all the time? <laughs> It's my job. I don't know. <laughs> it makes me feel I, I can't remember last time I set out to learn. If I learn something, it's by happenstance. You're what you call a tactile learner. I like it. I'm wrong on that. But uh anyway, let's talk about some more Bitcoin. So Mike Tyson has an ATM, and it's going to be in Vegas. There's going to be two of them. He's going to get 50% of the proceeds. His face is going to be on the machine. Apparently, in less than 30 seconds, you can trade your dollars for Bitcoin. It's going to be cool. It's going to be, what's that word? Novel. Do I think it's ultimately going to push what we're going for? And that is mass adoption. Uh, No. I give it two giant Facebook thumbs down. That's the ratings. That's the rating system now. Facebook thumbs. I like it. All right. So you give it thumbs up. I give it a single, minor, just click thumbs up. I'm not holding the thumbs up button. Just because okay. it, if it brings people to the Bitcoin space, then good. That's all that matters. But it's not going to bring your grandma. It's not going to bring you know Sally Joe in accounting. It's not going to be. It's not going to. It's going to bring bring the people that already know about Bitcoin. Just because they want to use yeah. the ATM, so or like we're on the fence, and like I just want to use the, I just wanted to say I used Mike Tyson's ATM. It's not gonna, it's not bringing anybody to the space in mass mass ways. It's just going to be a novel concept that people do once and never do again. There you go. That's so our ruling on the matter. You know what I was thinking we should do? Remember when AOL first came out? Yeah. Remember those yeah. janky like VHS tapes that would come with it? That would show VHS, no. The CDs or whatever? Uh, 5,003 hours? No, no, no. Like the introduction to AOL and it would be like, you could check your email. Check it out, Josh. And it was like two people like checking their email. And it was the lamest video of all time. They both had tucked in polos. That was cool back then. We should make a video like that for Bitcoin. Like with cheesy 90s orientation music. <laughs> can we use like old technology? Can we use like Mac Mac PCs? Go get a Mac PC for a dollar. One of those big. Oh, key good ones. luck finding that. Good lord, those things are expensive now. <laughs> or one of those ones that was like colorful, like a cyan those are, blue. Those are, those are, oh, ones are expensive. Good luck with that. Really? Just because they're just because they're, they're ancient. They're not like worth anything. They're just people are collectors because they're weird. Yeah. Oh, boo! Uh, they're hard to find. Uh, um, right. Yeah, as long as I have one of those giant cell phones that attach to my hip, then we're cool. The Zach Morris phone? Yeah, something like that. All right, we have anything else to say uh, in relation to Perry Ann's interview? Any closing points? Um, for any new listeners? I, yeah, go yeah ahead, I, go find, ahead. I find it uh, interesting how she talks about that. No one, no one has gone through the process of getting something from all the states currently. And I'm curious how that process is going to go down because it's difficult for businesses to do that and to, 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 because Bitcoin doesn't care about bounds, boundaries. It's going to be difficult to set up in, in, in an era that everything is technology. If you have a business, you have a website, and you're going to do commerce on that website. And who knows who's going to buy things on your website. So in order to have – like, is it only hinders countries from putting – blocks on business with Bitcoin 
because that commerce won't happen in the country anymore, but it's not going to stop the underlying technology of Bitcoin. It's only, it only stops the, that the, it only stops the money from flowing in that country. Yeah. And I think as more rules get put into place or restrictions or legislation that even puts a speed bump to businesses who want to do Bitcoin transactions or Bitcoin commerce, it's only going to hinder the American economy or whatever, whatever governmental economy that does it. Yeah. New York is kind of screwed right now. People are going to use the slickest slope to get what they want. Oh, I like that. I'm going to use the slickest slope when I'm going just... downhill, I think. <laughs> Friction's important no matter the slope. Let's not get too deep into it. I like your saying. Anyway, uh, you, know, you, you know what I'm trying to say. They're going to they're gonna find the easiest way to do it. And if these regulations cause problems, then it's going to be a problem for the businesses themselves to take advantage of that revenue stream. And I'm curious to see how things go in the next couple of years. Yeah. People are like electrons. Find the easiest route. Yep. Boom. Did it. I did that. Um, well, closing remarks from closing remarks for me. Let me get up to the mic. Um, please guys leave us some feedback. Uh, we'd love to know what you guys are thinking about the show. If you think it's no good, keep those thoughts to yourself. <laughs> if you think it's good, leave us some positive reinforcement. They call it. Um, we like giving I, you guys. I, I want people to tell us what they think is bad about their show, so I can tell them why they're wrong. Exactly. Just don't troll us. Yeah. <laughs> you can try to troll me. Please don't. Actually, I take that back. <laughs> um, yeah, leave us some comments. Uh, maybe on iTunes, give us five star if you want to. If you even think about giving a four star, just move on with your life, please. Uh, five stars only. That's what we're going for. Um, also, we got a newsletter coming out for you soon, so be on the lookout. Give us your email. We're not going to spam you. We're only going to send you awesome newsletters with awesome things. Should we put like things that we like personally in there sometimes? Like fried chicken recipes? Hmm, Interesting. Um, sure. And like quantum, that quantum break game I saw. I saw a video game that might get me back into video games. It's so amazing looking. Nice. You seen it? Yeah, I have seen it. Oh my God. They put real actors in there and they look like real actors. Sorry, we're getting off topic. Newsletter, Q&A. We've got a news feed now. We have all sorts of things on the website. So tell your friends. You're like, your friends are like, man, what's this Bitcoin thing about? And you say, go to the BitcoinPodcast.com, and they'll show you everything you need to know, and they'll make you laugh too while you're learning. That's all I have to say. The BT- and everything's free. Everything we do is totally free. So donate. There's a donate yeah. button on the side. <laughs> Support the show. It's all free. So just give us the money, yeah. please. Please. Well, I mean, we're not harassing these people with ads to try to make money no, on the side. Like not. this is our whole our whole thing is is to is to give you information without it being annoying. There it I is. I don't want to be that site that has us everywhere popping up, saying yeah. being in your face when you're trying to read how Bitcoin works. We just want to give you the information. Yeah. So uh, next week we have some, uh, or next couple of weeks we got some special guests. Um, me personally, I think Bitcoin has a branding problem. So much innovation, so much opportunity, but no public discussions about how to best brand Bitcoin in the media. So we're going to invite a Bitcoin public speaker and a meetup organizer from my city of Austin. And uh, we also have the CEO of Overstock coming in towards the end of the month. So it's going to be a good month for us, guys. That's right. He's going to tell us all about his invention for humanity. Tune in after you uh, tune into us. What? I was, I was going to say something and I interrupted myself. <laughs> so don't worry about On it. On that tune, note, tune into us. Play the outro. Mm-hmm.